This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness as we broadcast to you live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is now offering co-op credit for work experience on your way at lakeland.edu. Also, don't forget they're offering evening and online master's programs as well. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Tonight is game night. Tonight, Admirals Wolves. Game three, Milwaukee Panther Arena. Get your tickets now. Uh, or at MilwaukeeBrewers.com, uh, uh, not Milwaukee Brewers, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, or uh, simply uh, go buy them at the box office tonight, Milwaukee Panther Arena. You can uh, do that as well. Either way works. Admirals are down two games to zero in that series, so uh, they really need your support and so forth. If they lose tonight, their season is over. If they win tonight, then uh, we get a game four coming up on Friday night. Uh, at Milwaukee Panther Arena. And that would be exciting as well. It's the stupid Wolves. Can't get swept by the dang Wolves, right? That's just, That should not happen. Uh, so we'll see how they do coming up tonight at uh, Milwaukee Panther Arena. Again, get your tickets. You can get tickets for as little as $10. As little as $10. I mean, that's, that's a very affordable ticket. We talked about it. When were we talking about this, AR? Uh, we were talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago couple or whatever. Weeks, yeah. uh, about how expensive it is to go to playoff games and go to regular season games and everything else. That there is as good a deal as you're going to find, without question. As good of a deal as you're going to find. Yes, GE or AR. What do you got? Ten dollars. <laughs> you call me? I almost called you GE. All messed uh, up. Well, I'm just looking at that ten dollar bill that you gave yeah, me for the Wendy's, for and I'm Wendy's, thinking, right. hmm, what am I doing tonight? You could use that and go to the Admirals game tonight. No question. Okay, so uh, we're leading up to uh, the Brewers game. I was starts at three o'clock against the Padres, and then after the last pitch, you make the switch like you always do uh, to Tim Allen, the franchise with the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, presented to you by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street. And I wanted to kind of. Use this eh, a little bit of a pregame show. Talk some Brewers baseball up to 3 o'clock. When Robbie Makloff returns uh, from seemingly what feels like a month-long vacation, uh, he comes up 
uh, here at 3 o'clock. So, Marcus Hanel, former uh, Brewers bullpen catcher, he'll join us coming up here in about 25 minutes. Looking forward to talking to him uh, about uh, some Brewers baseball. And also, wanted to make sure we got you the starting lineup for today's game and maybe give that to you a couple times before the game gets underway at 3. So, today against the Padres, Aaron Ashby uh, on the mound for the Brew Crew today. Uh, and his uncle Andy Ashby, who I believe pitched for the Padres, uh, will be in attendance to watch his nephew pitch uh, today for the first time in San Diego. So, uh, leading off at second base, Colton Wong. Uh, Urias is at shortstop. Yelich is in left field. Uh, McCutcheon is DHing and cleaning up. Rowdy Tellas in that five hole and at first base. And if you've been watching Tim Dillard, Dillard pointed this out on the Padres game Monday night. Uh, and I think he brought it up as well when we talked to him on Tuesday in passing about Rowdy Tellez deserves to be in that five spot every day. Just leave him alone. Like he plays the best in that five spot. He hits the best in that five spot. It's perfect for him. Leave him be. Uh, and I tend to agree with him. So Rowdy Tellez in that five hole. Tyrone Taylor, who's feeling it. He hit the game winning home run last night for the Brewers. He's in right field. Then batting seventh, Omar Narvaez is catching. Lorenzo Kane is in center field and batting eighth. Uh, and then on base, Jace, as they used to call him, Jace Peterson, uh, is at third base. So it's Wong, Urias, Yelich, McCutcheon, Tellez, Taylor, Narvaez, Kane, and Peterson uh, is your starting lineup for game three, the final uh, game of a three-game set in San Diego uh, against the Padres. Yes, they are. I was going to say, used to call him on base, Jace. We've still been doing it. Yeah, but I don't know what his on-base actually is to say, see whether or not it's actually relevant to still be calling him on-base Jace or not at this point. Uh, but either way, Jace Peterson, nice player, nice utility player for this Brewers team. Uh, and him and Tyrone Taylor really uh, have done their job coming in, filling in for guys when needed, um, and not having a huge letdown when they're in the lineup. It's not like, oh my God, this dude's in the lineup. What are we going to do? Looks like, like it's 303 for the year. Yeah, it's not good enough to be called on base chase. But either way. Um, so Taylor and Peterson uh, both have done their job. So the question is this. So we're going to throw out there and have a conversation about here for the first half hour of the show before we get to Marcus Handel. Is the biggest concern right now for you as a Brewers fan simply just injuries? Or is there something else? Uh, that concerns you more than injuries at this point for this Brewers team? That That's the question. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Listen to Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals right now. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. And for me right now, injuries are becoming a concern. I'll, I'll be honest here. I, I realize it's May. We've got four months to go here. But you already lost Freddie Peralta for a, a good couple of months. And the good news is he should be back by the postseason, which is fine. And you're able to replace him uh, with Aaron Ashby, which is good. And now he'll get his first long run at being a starting pitcher in the big league. So we'll see uh, how he does uh, in that job. But now the Hunter Renfro injury the other night, and again, Monday night, we kind of made fun of it a little bit on the big show. Uh, and then he's out now with the hamstring strain. Uh, but him rounding third base trying to score, you could see him kind of pull up uh, and slow down a little bit. And you could see he was in pain coming around third base. And then he stayed in the game um, and and continued when he went back out to the field, which he probably shouldn't have, but either way he did. So now you lose an outfielder. You're not as deep in the outfield as you are at starting pitcher right now. You're not. Now, again, it's not a torn hamstring or anything like that, so it's not like he's going to be out for months, probably going to be out for a week or two or whatever the case may be. So that's that's a little bit smaller here. But as, as you sit back and you look at this, I mean, just think of some of the positions on this team where you look at it and go, I don't know how they replace that. I don't know how they, you know, the Rowdy Tellas, let's say, goes down. That means Keston Hero's got to play every day at first base. And now, good or bad, I don't know. Defensively, I know that's bad. Um, I, I don't want Keston here anywhere on the field defensively at this point, just hitting. Um, and will he hit well enough to make up for Rowdy Tellez? See, I don't know if they can make up for Rowdy Tellez at first base. I think that's a big question mark. Uh, they showed that they could get through a a small run with Willie Adamas out because Arias can play shortstop. I think you can say the same thing when it comes to Colton Wong. If Colton Wong were to go down for a bit, I think they're more than fine. And Wong hasn't played all that well, but I think they would be okay at second base if Urias had to go play second base. Uh, third base, 
Urias is your guy at third base. Obviously, that's where you want to go. So if he's got to go fill in at short or second, that means Jace Peterson is at third. Now, you have Bryce Terang, who started off hot and has come back down to earth at AAA Nashville. That might be an option for one of those three positions as well. But again, a guy that will be on-the-job training, learning, uh, in his first real run here as a major leaguer, if you get put in that situation. Uh, from an outfield perspective, we talked about it before the season. I don't know if you can look at Lorenzo Cain and expect him to be healthy all season. Like I think looking at Lorenzo Cain, you have to expect that there's probably going to be a few stints on the IL at this point. Uh, maybe not a few, but probably a couple of 10-day stints on the IL, if nothing else, just for rest uh, and to kind of rest him a little bit uh, if need be. So that you have to encounter happening. Yelich hasn't been able to stay healthy for a couple of years either. He ends up on the IL normally uh, once or twice throughout the course of the season. So are injuries your biggest concern right now as far as where this Brewers team is headed going forward? Or is there something else bugging at you right now that you want to see them get fixed uh, as soon as possible? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan your calls and tweets next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. and a blast to left. Brasso headed towards Western Metal Supply Company. Tie game 1-1 on a missile by Brasso. A missile indeed. And that is a guy that needs to get more love than what he's getting at this point uh, as well. Highlight courtesy of uh, Bally's Sports Wisconsin there. Uh, And that made the game uh, tied at 1-1 in the fifth inning. Uh, with Brasso getting a hold of that one. And the reason I say that he deserves more love is because, look, face facts. When they picked up Brasso, uh, probably a lot of people were like, I-, I have no idea who that dude is. Like, is he any good? I don't I don't know if he's any good. I guess we'll find out if he's any good when he gets here. But there weren't a lot of expectations put on Brasso uh, one way or the other. And in all fairness, I don't think there should be a lot of expectations put on a utility infielder that's going to come in uh, sparingly in different situations. But now when you look at Mike Brasso and, you know, kind of what he's been doing uh, to this point uh, and kind of look at his numbers a little bit, you're feeling okay about the job that Mike Brasso has done at this point. I mean, he's hitting 267. What's the average in baseball right now? Like 240, 230 something at this it ain't point. High. So he's in 267. He's got, uh, let's see, three homers, six RBIs uh, on the year. Uh, and is, is I think, uh, at this point, having a, a pretty solid year. He's already been in 25 games, 51 at-bats, uh, seven walks to 13 strikeouts. I think he's done really well. If Brasso could continue to be that utility guy uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers and be that infield fill-in guy as well, that helps. That helps a lot uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And then, as we talked about earlier, Tyrone Taylor, uh, another guy uh, that has been huge for this team as well, including that walk-off last night. Another 0-2 pitch. And a swing and a fly ball out towards deep left. Back Profar, warning track at the wall. Gone! Three-run home run, Tyrone Taylor on an 0-2 pitch. Brewers back out in front, 4-1. Back out in front again. Now, Padres still out of bat, so technically not a walk-off, but you understood what I meant. Gave him the lead 4-1. They go on uh, to win that one. Tyrone Taylor, after the game, talked with Sophia Minner. Tyrone, let's go through the the three-run bomb. He started you with two sinkers. Were you anticipating that curveball coming on the third pitch? Uh, No, I I felt one off my foot the pitch before that, so I was just trying to be on time for that sinker again, but he hung that one, and uh, I got a good swing on it. Tyrone, with Hunter going on the IL today, you're going to be in there a lot, more than what you have already, but you're swinging a really nice bat right now, your third home run in four games. You've talked about being present. How has that helped you just day to day? Uh, it helps a lot. I think it, it's everything for me, you know, uh, staying present in the box, staying present and uh, having a plan at the plate every at bat and sticking with that. Uh, that's that's part of it. So uh, I'm just going to continue to ride the wave and hopefully keep it rolling. Tough loss last night. Nice to bounce back today with a win like this behind Corbin Burns and then the job that the bullpen did and Devin shutting it down. Yeah, Burns. Burns is disgusting, man. It's fun playing defense behind him every single time. It's fun to watch him do his thing, and uh, the bullpen did well, too. Dev came in and closed it out, and it was a good team win. Your mom, Marissa's over here. She loved the home run, too. How fun is it to play in front of your family? 
Oh, all, all is well at work today, man. <laughs> made good, made a good contribu contribution for the team. My parents are in the stands to watch it. It's a fun game. Well, job well done here today, Tyrone. Good job. Appreciate it. There is Sophia Minard on Bally Sports, Wisconsin, last night, West Coast trip. Brewers get the series even backed up at one between Milwaukee and San Diego. They're coming up here uh, in 40 minutes or so. And, of course, Tim Allen, after the last pitch, always make the switch. Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show served up by uh, our guys over at Jim Dandy, South 27th Street. If you love steak, go go check it out. Trust me. Their, their steaks are un unbelievable. Tomahawk steak, especially. Uh, our guy, other side of the glass, Adam Roberts, you just looked up that, uh, that league batting average? Yeah, and I was telling you while we listened to Tyrone that it is historically bad, uh, Baseball reference has the current uh, batting average through however many games we've played at 238. The only one that's ever been lower than that, now granted it's only about a month and a half into the season, but the only one that's ever been lower is 1968 when they were a tick below at 237, and we're sandwiched right now in between that and 1888 when there were probably people out there that still thought that there were witches and ghouls in people's medical problems. Man. I, uh, I, I've said before, we've had this conversation about fixing baseball and pitch clocks and everything else. And, uh, there was a great story. I forgot who, who wrote it, but he took his kid with him and it, he told his kids like, all right, so we're going to go see this minor league game. You know, they got the pitch clock and his kid's like, ah, it's going to suck. I've seen our, I, on social media guys getting, you know, called uh, strikes on him for not being in the box on time, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be horrible. Then they, they went to the game. Um, and midway through the game, he asked him, how you like it? He's like, I love it. This is great. And they were, they were in the fifth inning of this minor league game they were at. And it was like an hour and five minutes into the game or something like that. An hour and 10 Imagine minutes. Imagine that. The whole game was done in like two fifteen. I want to say that is something that, you know, the youth will obviously like and get down with. And I think adults will get down with that too, if it gets to that point. But as I've said before, and I'll say again, offense is what drives ticket sales. And this is not working. I, you know, we were having a conversation, uh, me and a parent uh, from one of uh, my freshman's high school baseball team. And the conversation was this, would I rather have, you know, eight or nine guys in a lineup that were all going to hit 30 or 35 home runs, but not have great batting averages? Or would I rather have nine guys in the lineup all hitting 300 um, and being productive at the plate, but not being a bunch of home run hitters? You know, which one would you rather have? Now, him and I agreed that we both would prefer the guys that are eight or nine guys all hitting over 300. If you look at that number that AR, Adam Roberts, just said, do you know how good your offense would be compared to everybody else if you had eight or nine guys hitting over 300 in the same lineup? Because a majority of baseball teams have what I described earlier, which is guys that can hit the long ball, strike out a ton, don't have great batting averages, and it's acceptable in baseball. There is, and I, I know I'm going to anger old school baseball fans, there is nothing fun, nothing fun, about watching your players strike out. Nothing. Now, having said that, if I'm a Brewers fan and I'm watching Corbin Burns strike out Manny Machado, Love it, right? If I'm a Brewers fan watching Brandon Woodruff strike out Javi Baez or whoever, love it, right? All about it. But as a person paying money to go see baseball, I want offense. Think about it from this perspective. If you go to a baseball game and Corbin Burns strikes out his second batter, is everybody going nuts? You got some people, oh, all right, good job, strike out. Now that's first, second inning. Tell me the fourth, fifth inning, how many people are still really paying attention to what's going on with Corbin Burns and so forth? Unless there's no hits or something like that. But if Corbin Burns is giving up four or five hits and he's got six or seven strikeouts, people are talking amongst themselves, whatever. It, it's not nearly as loud. Now, what if Christian Yelich hits two or three home runs in a game? Which game are you going to remember more? You're going to remember the game in which Christian Yelich hit two or three home runs. You're not going to remember the game where the Brewers won a game three to one and Burns went eight innings, gave up one one run and struck out ten. You're not going to remember that game. You're going to remember the Yelich game where he hit two or three home runs in the game and you were there to see it and the place was going nuts and everything else. I can tell you this. 
Last year, went to Memorial uh, Memorial Day, went down to the Cubs game, right? Because six-year-old's Cubs fan. Long story. Went down to the Cubs game. Saw them play the Padres because the freshman wanted to see Fernando Tatis. So we we go to the game. There were like nine home runs hit in that game, Adam Roberts. Like nine home runs. So now my six-year-old had a blast. Cause I'm sure. Ball's just flying out of Wrigley, right? So now he thinks every time the Cubs play the Padres, there's going to be like nine home runs hit. So now it's, I want to go see the Cubs and Padres play again so we can see home run derby again. But that, but but again, six years old, right? So that's that's not a kid understanding his surroundings or understanding the game or whatever. He just knows everybody's cheering and going crazy, and it was a lot of fun to go and watch. But if that game was two one one zero, that was boring. It was it was okay. I was kind of bored. Now again, that's for a six year old. In a weird way, guys, that's kind of what we're talking about as we get older, because of the lack of attention we have to things it's crazy if i took a majority of your phones and hit them and said i'm gonna hold on to these phones for a month i'll give them back to you in a month some of you would break out into a cold sweat and would not be able to handle it hell i might be one of them because you're always on your phone Leroy makes fun of me and gary all the time why are you always on your phone at night on twitter and everything else and spend yet he's time mr with, tiktok spend time with your family or whatever right so fine okay i i agree with you my girl is always on me for the same reason. Why don't you put your damn phone down and watch the show that we're watching or watch the movie or whatever. So I get it from all angles on that. But just think about it. If somebody took your phone for a month, how would you handle that? Wouldn't be good. Would not. Because think about something else. A majority of us don't even have landline phones in our houses. Right? We don't even have landline phones. We got the cell phone. Can't leave the phone anywhere. Got to be somewhere. So now you go to a sporting event. How many people are on their phones looking at Twitter, looking at Facebook, whatever, on their phone while the game's going up? When do you look up? Usually, you look up and there's a crack of the bat. Crack of the bat happens, boom, your eyes come up and you want to see where the ball is. Because A, you don't want to get hit in the head. And B, if something big happens, a double, triple, base hits a score, run, whatever, you want to see it. Batter strikes out. How many people pick up their head? Not many. But ball hits bat, your head comes up out of your phone, and you're looking to see where it went. Mostly to make sure it's not coming at your head. To a degree, or to see if it was a big hit one way or the other to see what's going on. But that's the other issue that you have. Back in the 80s and 90s, there were no damn cell phones. Or 80s, there were no cell phones. So you were there. Now, there were some people bringing newspaper. There are still some old people that bring a newspaper to a game and read a newspaper while the game's going on. Saw a tweet the other day of that. So that still happens. But that, those were the only people that were distracted from the game and re, you know deciding to read a paper versus watching the game. Now everybody has a distraction in their hand. And that's why when you hear the damn batting average is 238, like AR said, that's a problem. And yet, as we look at the stats on that same uh, baseball reference site, the... Uh, Sparky, the last 10, top 10 highest home run averages per game, uh, those stats, uh, six of the last, six, sorry, six of the top 10 years are all within the last 10 years. Right. 2019, 2020, 2017, 21, 16, and 18. Yep. Correct. And I bet 2022 will probably be up there also. Yep. I mean, that, that is all part of it. But again, while home runs are up, Nobody's hitting the ball outside of seemingly the home run ball. So you're not getting those people to look up from their phones with low scoring games and strikeouts and everything else. Mike, you want Dallas, you're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness before we get to Marcus Hanel, former Brewers bullpen catcher. What's up, Mike? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Sparky? Good. Good. Uh, well, I have two points. One of them, I wanted to comment on what you're talking about quickly. Sure. Uh, last, uh, last year, I was at a baseball game in Florida, and do you remember Juan Pierre? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, Speedy yeah. outfielder stole a bunch of bases, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good hitter. Uh, so he was there, uh, and he was standing like 10 feet from me, and he, I overheard him talking uh, to somebody that he was with, and he was telling him about how you know he, he goes to these baseball camps and he goes to these traveling baseball teams, and nobody wants to listen to him when he tells them that you need to put the bat on the ball, you need a good approach at the plate. None of the kids want to listen to the guy, and he was in the league for 14 years. <laughs> and he just said he just can't believe the mentality these days uh, with kids where it's just all about 
you know, flight trajectory and the long ball and they don't launch really angle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, it drives me nuts. But anyways, that's my first point. My second point is, you know, the injuries don't really scare me. Uh, cause none of these are major injuries. You know, they're short DL. Well, Peralta's Peralta's not Peralta's going to be out for a while. They're saying that he should be back before the playoffs. Yeah. But the, I think they have enough pitching to withstand his absence for though. one. For one guy, yeah. yes. Yep, absolutely. But for me, what concerns me is specifically in the playoffs, are the Brewers going to have anybody that's going to hit above 280 this year on this team? I, I think, think Urias. I think uh, Urias will hit over 280. He may be the only one. Yeah, it, it, and it. I, I don't. I, I think he's a good player. But I and put it this way, the Brewers have a lot of good starters, uh, but they don't have a prime Ryan Braun. They don't Correct. have a Freddie Freeman. They don't have a Manny Machado. A prime so, Christian Yelich. They don't have that either. Right. Exactly. So in the playoffs, when you're facing a guy like Miles Michaelis or Walker Buehler, you know, an ace pitcher, do you have confidence that this group of 250 hitters, can they score four runs against a guy like that? Because that's what they're going to need to do uh, to advance in the playoffs. So that's my biggest concern is that, you know, in basketball, you need a guy that's going to get you a tough bucket in the playoffs. Do they have a guy that they can count on that's going to get that big hit? in the playoffs against the ace pitcher. See, and that, that's a, that is my concern. And, Mike, we've talked about this in the past. Like, I, I'm with you. I want to bat at the deadline for sure. Now, where the I, bat plays, I don't know. I, I tend to think it might be easier to find a third baseman uh, than a center fielder at this point because that's kind of what you're talking about. Renfro and Yelich, they're staying in the corner. So it's replacing Kane in center, uh, and then Urias maybe goes to second to replace Wong if he's still struggling and you get a bat for third base. I think those are the two positions that you can probably upgrade with a bat it, providing you move Urias. Yeah, I, I think center fielder for me uh, would be the bat that I would go to. I, You know, I, I think Kane's done. You know, he, he's done. Uh, you know, Taylor, he's had some nice stretch of games here, but I don't, I don't have faith he can continue that for a full season. He wasn't a highly touted prospect. It, it took him until like age 27, you know, age 28 to really get some decent playing time in the big leagues. So for me, I think they need to pick up a center fielder that's going to hit above 280. I don't care if he's got power. They got enough guys that are going to hit 20 plus home runs in the lineup. I want a guy that's going to be a table setter. He's going to hit 280. He's going to have a 350 on base percentage, and he's going to set the table you know, for the Hunter Renfros, for the, the Telezes of the world. That's what I want. One guy that I, I was bringing up earlier, and he's not hitting what you want him to do right now necessarily, is Cedric Mullins, uh, the outfielder for the Orioles who's under contract through 2025. That seems to be a guy that would make sense for the Brewers because he's young, he's under team control for a couple more years, which we all know Stearns loves that uh, as well, um, and, and can kind of just plug and play there in center field. What you're looking for I don't know. I guess I'd have to look and see uh, what players might be available that would fit the bill that but that you're looking for. I'm 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 good with it, Mike. Thanks for the call. Um, I just don't know who those players would be right now around baseball that might be available. And I don't know if Cedric Mullins is going to be available. You know, look, Baltimore. Uh, you know, there was no expectations on them to be good this year, one way or the other. That's one of their young good players. Would they even be willing to trade that guy? And if they are, you're probably going to have to give up some probably good pitching in order to pull that off, and maybe one or two of your outfield prospects. I, I guess, I'm guessing that would be a haul in order to get that one done. Coming up next, Marcus Hanel, former Brewers bullpen catcher. He'll, we'll talk some Brewers with him and get his thoughts on some of the injuries that have happened with the Brewers straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Game three is tonight. Get your tickets, milwaukeeadmirals.com, for the playoffs against the Chicago Wolves. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Man is presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Game three tonight between the Admirals and Wolves. Milwaukee Panther Arena tickets for as little as $10 for a playoff game. Admirals win tonight. They get to a game four Friday night at Panther Arena. They lose to the Wolves tonight. Their season is over. Get those tickets now. Joining me now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, friend of the show, Marcus Hanel, former Brewers bullpen catcher, joins us now. Marcus, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Sparky. It's a pleasure. All right. Uh, so first things first, uh, your thoughts on the Freddie Peralta injury, uh, him being gone now for a couple of months. And I said it the other day on the big show, I never thought, in my lifetime, I would ever say on a radio show, ah, eh, they've got enough pitching depth, they'll be okay. But in a weird way, they kind of got enough pitching depth. Between Ashby and Ethan Small pitching well at AAA, I think they'll be okay until he comes back. You know what? Your thoughts right there are the same thing I said. I'm like, oh, they'll just plug in Ashby. Yep. And uh, I'm like, man, when's the last time that had? I remember we used to try to get as much depth as we can because – um, just whatever, but then we never really had that to fall back on. So this is a pretty good uh, uh, thing for the depth to show the depth of the Brewers organization with all their pitching, and that's uh, a credit to David Stearns and all those guys developing the pitchers in the organization. How much does bloodlines matter to you, Marcus, as far as guys? Because you think about it, they've had Fielder. Uh, obviously, his dad played ball. Uh, Ashby's uncle, Andy Ashby, he's going to be at the game uh, today in San Diego this afternoon. So he played ball. Tony Gwynn Jr. was in the Brewers farm system. Obviously, his dad played uh, as well. I feel like the Brewers as an organization over the course of the last uh, 20 years or so do put some stock in bloodlines when they're looking at amateur draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think those kids, you know, have been in player, young players of uh, that uh, bloodline you're talking about. They, they've been around the game. And uh, I think they're a lot more uh, comfortable. Um, they're not shell shocked. Um, and you know, with their dads being who they are, you know, they've uh, probably been instructed and caught up, taught up pretty well. So uh, that's uh, something as well going for them. Hunter Renfro, the latest guy to get hurt for the Milwaukee Brewers, he's got a hamstring strain. Uh, we saw it literally in front of our eyes as he was running third. You could see him kind of pull up and slow down. Uh, and went back out and still played in the field, and now to the IL he goes. I was saying earlier before you came on, they don't have the outfield depth, even down to the minor league level, I don't feel like like they do the pitching depth. No, I agree. Positional-wise, I think they're a little short, um, and who would have thought the Brewers would be short on that? Right. Um, still waiting for that uh, big prospect. I don't hear any big prospect names. Uh, I, you know, I was even looking up at uh, – um, what the the outfielder from UCLA who had a nice year. Garrett last Mitchell. Year. Um, Garrett Mitchell. I was looking him up, seeing how he was doing. Fell you know, off. He, I didn't know he was hurt, and he's not. You know, but yeah, I'm I'm waiting for someone that would take the reins and be that guy in the minors as far as offensively. And I, I don't. I haven't seen that guy. I haven't even heard of one that's really taken off. So, I got one for uh, you. I got uh, one for you. Joey all right. Weimer. All right, all right. Joey Weimer. Now, again, he, he's not okay. close, uh, but that dude has been a home run machine and playing at a pretty high level right now. Long, blonde hair, if memory serves correct. Uh, he might be that guy. But, again, the problem is, you know, if a cane goes down or something like that, he's not ready to go right now. So now, now you got to look at your minors, and there's just nobody there right now. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, uh, they, you know they've got, you know, Tyrone Taylor was kind of a guy, your insurance guy, but he's part of your, your rotation now. Um, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why they went to get Hunter and established that when they lost Garcia. So yeah, hopefully there's some guys down there who uh, can fill in. It was a really cool story to see Mark, uh, Matthias get called back up after, you know, the injury that he has and being out of baseball for as long as he was. And they go down there in AAA and, and have a great start. So to see him and his versatility to, to come up and, and, and hopefully fill in until Hunter can come back. You know, that's that's the other thing, too. When you're in that clubhouse uh, and you're around those guys, it's next man up mentality, right? Okay, this dude's out for a couple of weeks. Fine. We'll just next guy gets called up uh, from Nashville or wherever the AAA affiliate is at that time for your team. How is that guy welcomed into the clubhouse when that guy comes up to replace a guy that went down? 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, before it was like, oh, man, this guy's down. How are we going to replace him? And I think that's the one thing, you know, with Council and David Stearns and the way they've uh, developed the chemistry in the clubhouse and the way they've uh, uh, just established what's expected, um, next man up mentality. And I think that's what's the, the beauty of having guys who are versatile. Um, you know, you go to the clubhouse, like, I'm not sure where I'm going to go right now, but I know I'm going to be playing somewhere. And so it's kind of refreshing. And so I don't think the burden is on one guy as much. Um, so when they get called up, it's like, all right, here we go. Let's just, you're just part of it, you know? So, um, there's, uh, it's a good, uh, feeling to know you're part of something. And, you know, like, you know, when you leave spring training, they always say, Hey, every guy in this locker room, you're going to have a chance to help us out. Right. And, uh, that's the mentality that the guys have even leaving spring training. Hey, there's going to be opportunity for me to come up here and help this team win. And when they get there, that's what's expected. You know, there was a great piece in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and on their website, I don't know if you saw it, talking about uh, Aaron Ashby uh, and how they're having the catcher essentially line up each pitch, every pitch he throws in the middle of the plate. And they're telling him, don't move your glove, because that's going to be his target every time. Now, the ball may not go there necessarily, but it's a visual thing and a mind reminder apparently for Ashby uh, as far as him physically to do certain things the right way. So that's how they're doing it every single time. Have you ever had any of those quirks along your time with certain pitchers, how they wanted catchers to do things a certain way? You're like, this is weird. Okay, but that's what works for you. You know, we'll do it. Because to me, I've never heard of that before for anybody else pitching-wise. Yeah, there's some guys who have those little control issues and you want them to get on the plate. You know, his stuff is going to either move uh off the plate um, or stay in the zone a little longer. So yeah, there's some guys who you establish, <laughs> you let his stuff is let his ball just do what it naturally does and let it take care of itself. And not try to do too much and, and being more than he is capable of doing and trying to give him a chance to succeed. Um, so yeah, you have some of those things. I know there are some guys like you really like, they, there's preferences like what they wanted, like where you wanted to be set up for certain pitches. And you're like, all right, if this is what you want, here we go. And so you just, uh, you know, that's the one thing as a catcher. Um, the good catchers have a mentality of a servant type mentality. It's not about themselves. They're about being what's going to help the team the best. And if you guys sit down the middle, everyone's all right with that. All right, there we go. The other part so, of it too, yeah. though, is you're kind of part psychologist as well, right? Because part of your deal is kind of make sure the pitcher mentally is okay. Oh man, there's so many different stories of like how you got to treat different pitchers. There's certain pitchers you got to like pat them on the back, you got to pump them up, and then there's some guys you just get in their face. Really? And, uh, so you got no. Oh yeah, there's, you got to know. You got to know the the temperament of each guy. You got to know like what, of what motivates them, what gets them back into their groove. Uh, so that's the, that's the whole behind the scenes thing, you know, kind of come up alongside guys, um, you know, ca- catching their bullpens if you can. Um, that's a little lost trait, you know, um, but just to get familiar with these guys, what they need to know, what they need to work on. But yeah, there's guys, you, you there's a different mentality, each pitcher. And there's some guys you got to just get on them. And there's some guys you just got to pat your back and just kind of pat their back. And let's go, oh, we got this, we got this, you know. So, and some guys you just got to joke about it, stuff and just make them get loose. So, yeah, there's all kinds of psychology things going on. John with Marcus Hanel, former Brewers bullpen catcher here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. He joins us on the great Midwest Bank hotline. Marcus, what about the the new technology that they've introduced uh, for pitchers if they want to use it or not, where the catcher is wearing the wrist guard and he's kind of telling them via wrist guard, pressing different buttons, uh, and then that goes into their their piece of their hat um, and it tells them you know what pitch they want and so forth. Some have liked it. Some don't like it. What are your thoughts being the former catcher? Uh, well, my only thing is I'm curious how that works. Like if the pitcher wants to shake off, like he, you put the sign he's a, and then you got to put it back in. I mean, um, that's my only thing. I guess whatever they feel comfortable with. I know uh, three or four years spring training ago, they had us like test market some of this stuff. And I mean, Back in my mind, I just was always afraid I'm getting crossed up. That was catching-wise. I was afraid that that was going to happen. But obviously, they've worked out the kinks on that, and if they can make it to work smooth. Because uh, I know catching-wise, that was always the biggest worry, is the man on second relaying signs. And I know so many pitchers get paranoid that they're picking up their signs. They know what's coming. So if there's a way that they can eliminate that paranoia, 
I'm all for it. And if it can be done smoothly, you know, let's go for it. You know, that's just probably the biggest thing that, you know, there's a lot of paranoia, especially from certain pitchers that they didn't really care, but there's some guys on the mound that like they, they freaked out. I mean, he's getting our signs. He's getting our signs. So if they can do something, eliminate that, that's great. I got one more for you. And it's a very generic baseball question, not Brewers related. A parent and I, right. uh, a baseball game the other day, were having this conversation. And the conversation was this. He let it off and he said, look, you don't steal off of a catcher. You steal off of a pitcher. And that a guy with a strong arm catching shouldn't be a deterrent for a team to run or not run, uh, that you're stealing off a pitcher more than the catcher. What are your thoughts on that statement? Um, yeah, there's a. I mean, it doesn't matter how good of a catcher you are back there. If you have a very slow, that's why they always do the timing. They want to know the pitcher's, uh, you know, how his delivery time to the plate is from. So if he's over, I know at our level, you know, if he's over, like, man, he starts getting over the one threes, the one fours, and stuff like that, and you have a base stealer on the base, you know, and then you know your catcher, and you kind of put the math together, like what his uh, his pop times are. You're like, all right, we got this, but. Yeah, the the guys who hold runners on, the guys who like maybe start, you know, slow pitch, they uh, um, just hold the ball, hold the ball, and they make the timing messed up for the base runner. Those are going to be your best pitchers at uh, holding runners on. It's when these guys get in the same rhythm, they kind of have the same looks, um, they don't step off. Um, you can time those guys up, but there is to be said, a catcher does make up for some of those flaws, so it kind of works hand in hand. Um, you give me, I mean, I know I could throw well, and I know some other well-throwing catchers, they didn't give a rip who was on first base. They didn't care what pitch was thrown. They felt they could get any guy they wanted to at any time. I've got one more for you I like. Vinny Rotino <laughs> last night on the Valley Sports Wisconsin broadcast uh, pointed out that Devin Williams was tipping his uh, change-up pitch uh, earlier in the season, and he showed on TV what the difference was and how hitters can pick up on just subtle things. And obviously they caught it or whoever caught it, and they made the change. How often as a team are you looking for those type of things when you're dealing with pitchers and catchers? There's certain guys who are better. I mean, some are unbelievable. Grandall, almost to a point, was like overbearing. But man, did he like he would be watching all the time, and he'd come back into the He's doing this. He's doing this. He's wow. doing this. You know, and they look at. I mean, it was all the time, and that was kind of the uh, mo of the Dodgers. Like, man, they 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 were really good at it. Certain clubs really pushed the envelope of trying to figure out what's going on. And there's some guys who like are great at picking up the tendencies of pitchers and and seeing pitch tips. And um, then there's there's some like you can watch, and they just don't get it. They don't see it. So there's a, uh, there is a tendency for – there's some guys who are exceptional at it. and uh, but, sometimes, but sometimes the guys didn't want to know. Sometimes even if they knew they didn't want to know. Um, that's just the way they felt hitting and comfortable with it. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a definitely uh, – I think there was a time we even believe Woodruff um, had something going on. There was a time when a couple of years back we felt the Dodgers had something on them. We didn't know what it was, but they had something. and. Um, they, I think they, they figured that out as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad Vinny, you know, shared that, shows what the, to the viewers what you can do. Um, that's a great, uh, uh, like, for people to see. There's so much more that goes on in a dugout and inside than just, like, the game itself. There's so many other intricacies that we're talking about that, that uh, they're trying to get every little edge they can. Um, and that's cool. That and I'm just glad, you know, it was already like Vinny wasn't pointing it out. Like, Oh no, he's no, he, yeah. cleared it up, he totally, so it was, was awesome. it was all about where he was holding his glove before he started to pitch and how it was just moving just a little bit, depending on if he was throwing the change up or not. Uh, and then they changed it, and now he doesn't carry hold it up by his face anymore. Now he, he drops it uh, and starts it from his waist, and it never moves. So it, that's all it was. Um, and I'm looking, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see a huge difference there. And then he's like, it, there's this much difference. Now, to you, maybe it doesn't look like a lot, but a hitter can pick up on that. Yeah, there's sometimes, a, like, a pitcher will fan his glove, like, kind of almost like, you know, like – open it up a little more right. when he's holding a different pitch in his hand so the yep. guys could see his glove expanding, wow. fanning. Um, yeah, there, there's so many – the way he would just go in his glove or, you know, some guys – yeah, it's you could almost see their grip sometimes before – the way their glove was positioned. That's you know, crazy. Some guys, would sh- some guys could see that, the grip from second base 
you know, as he's putting it up sure. and holding it. And so that could re- relay uh, grip to, you know, they would know. Yeah, it's <laughs> – it is. It's pretty complex. It's kind of fun to talk about, though, like all the intricacies, like I said, that people just don't understand that go into this game. So good. Marcus Handel, former Brewers bullpen catcher, joining us here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Marcus, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. One Before oh, we let pleasure. you go, though, as always, I got to let you uh, tell everybody if they want to buy a house, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, yeah. Marcus at sunrealtywi.com. So I uh, really appreciate that plug. But uh, yeah. Um, look forward to hopefully get some emails and some calls and, uh, man, we'll get some, get someone into their dream home. There you go. There he is. Marcus Adel. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, thanks buddy. You Bye. bet you take care. There he's Marcus Adel, the great Midwest bank hotline of applying for home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, breathe. I let great Midwest bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Rami Magloff has returned from his month long vacation. We'll talk to him next here. Uh, Midday Madness. Welcome in. It is Wendy's Big Show. Served up hot and fresh. That's tomorrow 10 to 2. This is Sparky's Midday Madness. Tim Allen on the show tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's horrible. I do it all the time. Uh, Tim Allen coming up after the Brewers-Padres game. But while that game is going on, Robin McAuliffe will be on the air. Y'all should be tuned in because we don't know what all happened in Alabama. What do you mean, what all happened? Well, I mean... See, there's a lot of things like I don't understand. First of all, that whole Alabama trip makes no sense because that's not Rami. Secondly, well, then you I tell me I didn't know. Then you Let tell me, address me. Him one point at a time. Yeah. I didn't. I mm-hmm. didn't know there were things to see and places to go in Alabama. Turns out there is. You just have to go to the very, very, and I mean the Gulf Shores, very southern tip of it, and there's just a little, just a little piece of. Of Florida. Yeah, just a little piece of Florida right there right. at the very lowest yep. tip of Alabama. It's not really true, Alabama. So, I didn't know that. Now I know that. I, I didn't. I, you learn every day, right? Would you go back? Uh, I mean, it was cool. Yeah, I'd go. I mean, it was just laying on the beach and drinking. After I did my show on Friday, right. I went out to the beach and had a few. And then Saturday, and then Saturday what did y'all do? I was out on the beach all day having a few. Were you by yourself this whole time? And then, no, no. Just Friday? Um... I mean, not even all of Friday. No. Okay, well, that's good. There were people going and coming from, know, right. from the music fest right. that they were all there for. And then Sunday it rained most of the day. So, Ooh. yeah, I was in the So, what then? I just stayed in the Airbnb and hung out. You didn't go and drive and explore anything? No, not really. What in the world? Why I did, not? I did go for a long You walk. didn't go find a good barbecue place, good we, seafood place? I ate seafood the previous two days. And also, I brought a bunch barbecue? of- Barbecue? Uh, I got barbecue in Nashville. I knew I was getting barbecue in Nashville. So. Let's talk about that for a second. This is the dude, Rami McAuliffe, uh-huh. who has told all of us for years, decades, a uh-huh. couple decades, yeah. years, I get physically ill I if I Ill. hear country I music. My stomach starts to turn and I make- Puke. I never said I might puke. I said I, get, I said I get an uncomfortable feeling. So, of yeah. all the places in the United States of America, this dude goes, he goes to Nashville, Tennessee. Y'all, tell me how that makes any damn sense. For one night. You need it. You night. stayed a night there? It was one night, yeah. I couldn't, dude, I couldn't take it. <laughs> you got it. I could not take it. I don't even know. You know man. what? I don't know who you are. Here's, you always yell at me. And go, I don't. You don't know who I am. I no longer know on. who you are. Get ready for this. Oh God. You're right, dude. I could. It was. It's not the place for me. We, <laughs> yeah, we, no. <laughs> not if you don't like country. The barbecue is terrific. Oh, they got great food in Nashville. Then once the sun went down, went and I, 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 people told me like just stay away from the strip, dude. Especially if you hate country music. Why? Just stay away from the yeah, strip. Yeah, but it's still drinking and people dancing. And... So I went down to the strip, and it. I mean, it, it's it's like a little mini Vegas. I've never been to Vegas, but it looks like a little mini Vegas strip. Like you stand at the end of it, and it's just yeah. lights and bars, yeah. and the streets are filled. People are going people. in and out of bars. Bar scene bands, it's just country. It's awesome coming out of every bar, yes. dude. And every bar is owned by a country artist, yeah. like now Jason Aldean, yeah. And uh, for Kid Rock, has I like a three story. I haven't place. been there since all that happened. When we were there last time, we were there for a Colts Titans game uh-huh. uh, in Nashville, Colts and who? we uh, Titans. Make it fun of me. Shut up. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> so we we're there for that game. 
and all these guys hadn't come and bought up all these properties yet. <laughs> yeah. So it was still more original but Nashville. Fa- now they've all found taken a little over. bar like around the corner from the strip and down just a bit where there was a guy not playing country music. So sat in there for a few songs, had a few drinks, and then back to the Airbnb. I thought you said there was nobody playing music. So what songs were you sitting in there for? What do you mean there was nobody playing music? You said we no, went to we, a bar where walked, there was nobody playing. No, there was who wasn't playing country music. There was a guy playing. There was just a guy with the guitar up on stage playing, but he wasn't playing. What country was he music. playing? He was playing like covers, like uh, rock covers of like pop songs. So you it were. Cool. It was you and it was him. Fun. Huh? He was playing, you were listening, and everybody else was at the country bars? No, the place was full. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was chill, but it was full. And I'd he was say just Gus would be playing something other than country in Nashville. Yeah, it was good. That's good. That's good. That's fun. The barbecue is great. Still don't understand. What do you but mean? you didn't get any barbecue in Alabama? No. Why would I get barbecue in Alabama? Because it's unbelievable. I'm going to Nashville, though. It's not the same. What's the difference? Nashville barbecue and Alabama barbecue are not the same. Nashville is. I've never um, heard of Alabama barbecue. I've heard of Kansas City. I've yeah, heard of Kansas Nashville. City. Kansas City's a lot of dry rub and stuff. I don't. Huh? Nobody. I, I never hear anybody talk about Alabama barbecue. Yeah, Alabama, Georgia, like Southern barbecue is good. Nashville isn't as I mean, really as Southern barbecue as. It's really good. I went as to those guys. Martin's barbecue. Never been there. They apparently have a few locations now. Triple D, Guy Fieri, Diners, Drive, My guy. Dives. Yeah, Love he, him. He, he did an episode. He went there for an episode. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a chain. I like going to play it. Now it is. Now, I mean, not like a chain chain, but they have a few locations around the Nashville area. Yeah. Yeah, good. After Guy Fieri visited. Love Guy. Yeah. Uh, Okay, what do you got coming up today? Coming up on the Rami Show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Like you said, we will keep you company while the Brewers do battle this afternoon with the San Diego Padres. I want to talk some Brewers out of the gates. Should Tyrone Taylor be a, I know he is right now because of injuries, but injuries aside, should he be a full-time everyday player for the Milwaukee Brewers, in your opinion, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer? Tyrone Taylor? Yes. No. No? Why not? Who should, who, who, we'll talk about it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.